Start with the set-aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we, uh, we started over the big book, I think, last spring, and we've got through to page 76, which is uh, step six and seven. We've covered it in order. And now we've uh, reading on steps six and seven from this book, The Steps We Took. And you can get this on, uh, you can get it on uh, Amazon. And, and uh, Patty says I bought at least 100 of them through the years. It's a very good book. It's written by uh, two, two writers. He sat with Joe from the Joe and Charlie, the original Joe, who uh, did big book weekends for 35 weekends a year for 15 years. And he changed my life when I listened to the Joe and Charlie tapes. I've been in the going to meetings for a couple years, but I didn't really know the program. We didn't read the book a lot at Topeka at that time. It's changed my life. And, and I think one of the best things I've read is on this chapter that changes the name of the game on six and seven. Steps six and seven are the key for me. Uh, it's okay to be physically sober. It certainly helped my life. Uh, but what I want is emotionally to be sober. I want to be able to be, uh, have uh, relationships with people that I'm not in conflict with them. I want to be able to be in relationship with God. I want to be able to get undisturbed. I want to stop practicing all my self-centered character traits. My, mine are really, really bad. Judgment, impatient, intolerant, inconsiderate, fearful. Um, and I don't want to practice them anymore. Because when I practice them, I don't feel good. And I've learned that, the, that if I want to have emotional sobriety, I have to practice six and seven all the time. And it's in step 10. It says in the big book, when we, we've entered the world of the spirit, we're going to learn how to be effective and useful in this world. And it says, uh, we watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear when these crop up. We ask God at once to remove them. And that's what six and seven really is. And then in, at the end of the instructions on how to work the steps on page 87, they summarize the whole program because they're getting ready to talk about step 12. And they say, when we're agitated or doubtful, so when anything's bothering me at all, fear or any kind of irritation, we pause and ask God for the right thought or action reminding myself I'm no longer running the show. And what I've learned is, is how to pause, how to pause and get centered with God before I react. And my life's gotten a lot better. My marriage has gotten a lot better because I tend to keep my mouth shut more. And uh, uh, I don't need to control and give advice at home anymore. I can react differently. I'm joking, but it's, it's you, you're, when you do this, now when I came in, I didn't know how to practice six and seven at all. In fact, I didn't even know I needed to practice six and seven. I knew other people needed to change, but I didn't know I needed to change. I mean, what, are you kidding me? But now I want to change. I want to be wrong. 
I want to practice God's character. That's what we're talking about. The character of God. And I had this acronym, LPTKCC, love, patience, tolerance, kindness, consideration, compassion. And when I be that, I'll do it. And so that's the key in AA. How do we be tells us how, what we're gonna, how we're gonna react. If I'm loving, I'm gonna react out of love. And if I'm, if I'm in resentment, I'm gonna act out of resentment. So my life will follow how I be. And six and seven is how I go from being in self and I'm irritated or bothered or fearful. And I stop right away and I say, God, change the way I'm seeing this. Help me act differently. And it's automatic to me anymore. I still have the same character defects. You know, I still think they're too slow in the grocery store and this and that. But I stop right away. Because I don't have any place to go. See, I used to think that when I went to the grocery store, they should part because Michael the Magnificent's coming and they should move the carts away and just let me check out. I think I really I subconsciously thought that way. We all do, we're alcoholics. But no, uh, no, we, I don't have to. And I'm being silly, but there's truth in this. So we're gonna go to page 94 and he's had some brilliant stuff in here so far. And he says, the first paragraph, we can go anywhere we want to go most of the time based on what I want to give up. Do I want to give up my impatience? Do I want to give up my judgment, my intolerance? He says, everyone thinks change is what you're going to get. Now remember, when you come in, you may not know it, but I need to change. I need to change the way I react to the world. They don't need to change at all. It's all me. He says, uh, change has a lot to do with what I'm willing to give, get rid of. It's like a hot air balloon that goes up when you throw the sand out of it. A lot of people don't want to throw the sand out. They don't want to drop the rock. They want to keep the sand and still go up. Now, you can't do that. You can't hold on to your resentments and be loving. You can't be courageous and with God if you're in fear. And we go down to uh, the bottom of the page. So the whole process from now on is change. Remember, they tell you in the big book that if you want to recover from alcoholism, you have to have a personality change sufficient to recover. You have to change your personality from self-centered to God-centered. And it's hard to do. I didn't know how to do it. But this step six is an action step on how I'm learning how, with the help of God, to act differently, to practice differently. And some days I do really well, some days I don't do well, but most of the days I do pretty well now. Now, I've been doing this a long time, but uh, in the beginning I wish I knew what I knew today. My relationships would have been better at work and home, etc. We must realize our inability to change anyone else. See, the steps are about me changing not changing anyone else. I can't change anyone else. We can see all the frustrations this has brought into our lives. I've sponsored a lot of people, tried to through the years, and they want to change someone in their life and they think their life will get better. I say, if you change, they're going to start looking better. Because they're not the problem, you are.
think I got two handouts if you guys want them. So it says, we have learned that the key to changing a situation from now on is to change myself, change my reaction, and not even try to change anybody else. It says on page 85 that when we're centered with God in the world of the spirit, we're not going to be in conflict with everybody and everyone. We're going to recoil from alcohols from a hot flame. We're going to be in a position of neutrality. We, and this is how we're going to be if I react and fit spiritual condition. So when I react and I start judging something, then I'm not in fit spiritual condition. It's that simple. And I have to stop and say, no, no, Michael, you don't want to judge. It's not going to make your, I want to, I want to be accepting. I want to be considerate. And then the situation's better. I'm the one who creates the problem. He says the best way to change things out there is to change ourselves. When, when I came in, I wanted to change out there because it was bad. But I, had, I learned that I had to change me. I had to face and be rid of the things that are blocking me from God and change the way I react. We change our reactions and we're free. See, I, 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 say this, I used to say this prayer, I want to be freedom from the bondage of self, the third step. And I'm in bondage when I'm practicing my character. I'm in bondage to my judgment. I'm in bondage to my fear. I'm in bondage to whatever it is at the moment. And then I react that way. And, and if I learn with God that I don't have to be in bondage to that, I can be free of that. But I have to see it and then turn to God and have him help me see it differently. And it, it doesn't have to take very long after a while. It becomes almost instantaneous. Oh, here you go. Okay, Michael. God says, that's okay. Just Let's move on. And, but you have to learn it, you have to practice it. And they make the point, and we've earlier on, that I, you, I was very good at practicing my self-centered character. Anybody else good at it? I was very good at it. I was an all pro. I would have been in the Super Bowl. <coughs> but it, 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 it ruined my life. And so I, don't, I have to learn how to practice God's character. And that takes work. And I can't practice my character and practice God's character at the same time. I didn't realize that. So I have to stop and let go and practice the opposite. And it works. Um, it says, uh, we were trying to fill our emptiness up with the wrong thing. Alcohol, drugs, food, control of other people. All these are expressions of people who don't have the principles for living. I, I, we were trying to be okay through something to treat our spiritual illness. My spiritual illness was I was self-centered, separated from God. And so I didn't like the way the world was, so I would drink, it would make it better. But really, it didn't change anything. And it made the, the, the spiritual malady even worse. And uh, these compulsions are just symptoms of the problem. It says alcohol, it says on page 65, liquor was but a symptom. Alcohol was not my problem. My problem was me and my separation from God and running the world. Anybody else do that? And, and actually, my job wasn't to run the world. I didn't know that. That's God's job. My job was to do God's work. I didn't know that when I came in. Uh, these compulsions are just symptoms of the problems, and the steps don't deal with symptoms. See, we don't talk about 
how do you not drink today or something. Uh, the steps are not talking about dealing with alcohol, drugs, food, codependency. The steps teach me how to live, how to live with God, and God has the power to change and keep me from drinking and using. Because when I'm with God, I don't, my emotions don't build up. And I go to God when, I, when my emotions build up. I don't have to go to the liquor store. So we're learning how to live and practice the principles. And then the problem isn't there. It says liquor is but a symptom. And it says when we've gotten to step 10, <coughs> that we're in a position of neutrality with alcohol because we're with God. Now it also says further down, about five lines later, we have a daily reprieve based from drinking where our self-centeredness is based upon our spiritual condition. And 10 and 11 is how we stay in fit spiritual condition the best we can with God. Whatever our compulsion or addiction is, it is only a symptom of an underlying illness. There will be never be enough of this thing we think we want when we're living based on self. Okay, and we talk about the human ego is never satisfied. We'll never have enough money. We'll never have enough approval if we're alcoholics. We're seeking to be okay based on what the world thinks. It's never going to work because then I made the world my higher power. I want to be okay just being with God and doing His will. It's a total new way. Because when I was little, before I ever drank, when I was five, six, I wanted mom's approval. And I figured if I got good grades and if I was you know, the best kid, mom would love me. And so that became my pattern. And uh, it was okay, but it, it, it got out of control. It says, uh, not only do we get over it, and the reason I said is if you want approval from the world, uh, it's not gonna happen. And then you get angry because your motives were good, but they weren't, they were self-centered. Um, he's talking about, uh, um, he says you come out of AA better than when you come in uh, because it's true, because I didn't have these skills when I came in. I didn't know anything about any of this. He says, I always like to use the illustration of how to lose weight when we talk about the principle of change. If you want to change the body, use the same principle as you use to change the mind. The body is the result of the food we put into it. That's what our minds are, the results of the thoughts that we have put into them from the very first one we had till today, and that's true. Remember, the disease centers in my mind, and my mind is my thinking. And I had all these thoughts, and most of them were wrong. I didn't realize that until I did step four and five. If we want to change the body, we have to change the food we put into it. If you want to lose some weight, you have to stop eating the food you really like. Maybe it's candy or fast food, milkshakes and french fries and all that stuff. Those things are objectionable. And he says, why? Because you look in the mirror and you saw yourself, you saw how you looked, and you saw the results of eating those foods. When you do the fourth and fifth step, you see how your life, your resentments, your fears, your harms to others, and how they're the result of your character defects when you're centered in me and I'm running the world. Now those foods have become objectionable. If you want to change, you have to not eat those foods. You have to deny yourself. When you don't eat these foods, you have to turn around and make yourself eat others that you probably don't like. Like some low-calorie foods, mostly salads, vegetables. You really don't like that stuff. What you really like is the other stuff, but you don't like what it's doing to you. So you got a problem here. 
as you, as you work against yourself, as you stop eating what you want to eat and start eating what you don't want to eat, you're going to see some changes in your body and you build self-esteem. And that's what happens when I stop practicing my self-centered character and start practicing God's character. I feel better about myself. And it's not based on approval from the world. It's based on I'm practicing God, reacting to things the way God would have me. And I wrote, build self-esteem through positive action. And we alcoholics all have low self-esteem when we come in. And the way I heard, somebody said, you build self-esteem by doing esteemable acts. He's really a good man. He was a judge, and he died a few years ago. Uh, he was a great man. As your body begins to change, you start losing weight, you think better about yourself. Your self-esteem goes up. You can do things you couldn't do before. You have different relationship. Your life is really beginning to change as a result of it. Then it's very interesting. People tell me that the food they don't like, they begin to like. And they don't even want the things they used to anymore. Those new foods have become a part of their way of life. And, and the reason is because I like the result. And so when I start to get judgmental, I stop right away. That's not the food I want right now. I want to be tolerant. The same thing happens in the human personality. We get rid of the old things and start practicing new. With these new things, more love, tolerance, and patience, we begin to have more people in our lives and fewer, fewer problems. As we receive more courage, we can do things we couldn't do before. Our self-esteem grows. We feel better about ourselves. As we practice the steps, we see powerful changes that take place in your lives. And, and when you do this for a while, you don't realize that you've stopped practicing something you didn't used to do before. You just see yourself reacting differently, and you say, wow, gee. And that's when I know that God can do for me what I could not do for myself. I look at the battles that go on in life, and I look at the resentments and fears, guilt and remorse, and how these things block us from God and shackle us to self. Then I look at love, tolerance, patience, courage, and wisdom. These qualities have come from God, and they're always within us. Remember, it says the fundamental idea of God, we block it out. In our outer and inner conflicts, we can see the powers of self combating the powers of God, and that's, that's from Scripture. That's from uh, Romans chapter 7. The, the self is battling the spirit. And, and uh, they talk about you cannot stop doing what you don't want to do. Anybody do that? We look at these tools, the powers of God we have within us, and recognize they're powerful tools. But I haven't been using them. Remember, it says we're agnostics when we come in here. We don't have any knowledge of God. What does that mean? I pray and go to church all the time. Well, but I've never let God work in my life. I've never seen how God can change the way I react to things. And so that makes me without knowledge of God. And when we work the steps, we have knowledge of God. And we know what he can do. Um, God put these in each person. These powers, these awesome forces are right within us. And, and uh, my, 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 I looked pretty bad when I came in. And uh, my tree was planted in Michael's soil and the bark was a mess and there was no fruit on the tree, no leaves. It was falling apart. It was dying. And when, what we do in AA is I take my tree and I get it out of Michael's soil. I plant it in God's soil. And then it starts to have fruit. It starts to be stronger. It looks better. And that's what we're doing in AA with the 12 steps. You don't do the 12 steps, you could stay sober a long time and still have the wrong tree. That's why I'm talking about emotional sobriety here. 
We haven't, we haven't been using them because we've been blocked from them by clinging to our selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, fearful, inconsiderate characters. And he has this personality chart. It's very simple, but it shows so much. In a self-centered personality, uh, my resentment, my fear, my pride, my sex instinct are driving my personality. And tolerance, courage, humility, wisdom is blocked. And then when I have a balanced personality where God is running my life, then I'm full of love, tolerance, patience, courage, humility, wisdom. And I'm not practicing resentment, fear, pride, and harming people and sex. And so we want to go from being a self-centered personality to a God-centered personality. And six and seven is how you stay, you practice it so you can stay with the God-centered personality. Our shortcomings are removed. Now shortcoming is we're short of the character of God. Resentment, fear, intolerance, inconsideration, judgmental, envy, fear and are removed on based on what we want to let go of. That's the key. What do I want to let go of right now? So when I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me, and I'm disturbed because I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to my self-centered character right at this moment and seeing things through those, the wrong glasses. And so it says if we don't practice resentment, we're going to see love, tolerance, patience, understanding, and goodwill coming to our lives. We practice those things and see our relationships with people go. Before the big book was written, they had this little card that they would keep. And on one side would be the character, self-centered character. And they would have put little checks during the day whenever they practiced that. And then they would have God's character on the other side. And they would make checks when they practiced that. That's why six and seven of the big books, only two paragraphs because they were actually practicing it and they had these cards and that's how they did it. The changes will come about and we can see the awesome power that lies within these forces. We can accomplish things each day that I never could do before. I used to get out in the morning and say, I'm going to do better today. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to carry on. I'm not going to get all worked up about everything. And I meant it, but I didn't have the power to do that. And six and seven gives me this power with God that I'm connected to God and I, I separate, see it wrong, and I say, no, I gotta get right back to you right now. We accomplish those things each day which we could not do before. And we've tapped an inner resource of strength. That's God. And I have that power, but I blocked him out my whole life. And it got me here. And my life was a complete mess. My life today is really, was really, I can't believe how good it is compared, you know, it's like uh, I never thought the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl in November. I mean, it was out of the question. And and they made the Super Bowl, and I'm, I, I'm not perfect, but my life is so much better the way I react to everything that I was when I came in. I couldn't have imagined. I didn't even know. You know, here's what a shortcoming is. It's when you're long on resentments. When you're necessarily short on love, tolerance, and patience, it's like a sliding scale. And this is a nice little graph. When you have a lot of fear, you don't have much courage. And when you have more courage, you have less fear. And it says if you have too much resentment, you can't express the real powers. You have to express either one or the other. Um, some people don't see these characters like love in themselves. 
but it it's just because it's expressed it hasn't been expressed and if you practice a resentful life judgmental and considerate life you just don't see the love in you and remember we we come in and we're a statue a beautiful statue that's covered up with crap and six and seven is where we're trying to uncover that statue and so we can see the real statue that God made when he created us. And that's what four and five and six and seven get rid of a lot of the crap and then you have to do it every day so you don't accumulate more. And that's step 10 and 11. He talks about love. He says love is basically concerned for another person's welfare, our own welfare. All of us are designed to have the ability to be concerned about ourselves and about each other. God put in every person, although in some people you just can't see it. You just can't see the love in them because they've blocked it out. He says love is a bond that's natural. And he, t he talks about it's, uh, we're not talking about male-female, we're talking about this ability to bond with others. And if we weren't able to do that, we couldn't have been able to create uh, anything. We wouldn't have a society. He says, love is a powerful force for healing. I like what Martin Luther King, that love is the most powerful force on the face of the earth. But we, we block it out. Gandhi said, love is the only thing that could turn an enemy into a friend. And he really believed that with enough love, you could change the world. It's an amazing thing. You take all the bombs and the weapons we have, no matter how many we have, we'll never make friends with these weapons right? But we could with love. I think somebody said, love your neighbor as yourself, remember? And love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. And those are the two commandments that we were told to practice. And if we all practice them, think what the world would look like. Think how we would all get along. Sometimes a person might say, well, I don't have these positive forces in me. Well, that's like when people come in AA and they tell me they don't have any resentments. And I look at them and I, I say, boy, I want your blood, you know, but they can't even see it. And they never have any fear. Well, I lived in fear and resentment. It's just the water we swim in. He says, so as we practice these new positive traits, we begin to see the real value of them. We find that we're developing true concern for other people and concern for others as well. And he says, uh, he asks people who are self-centered, how concerned have you been for your own life in the last couple of years? Well, totally, right? Totally absorbed with ourselves. And we need to learn the wisdom of love your neighbors yourself. If you're not concerned about your own life, you can't be concerned about your neighbor. Simply the concern is not there. To go out and do things for other people without the self-love is a token, it's hollow. Um, and he talks about that's like using other people. You do things for approval, but not really because your motive is to be loving to them or be kind to them. Love is a two-way street. It has to be given and received. A lot of people don't have the ability because they can't receive. They can't let another person help them. I think that's true. People don't, they come in here and they want to be helped, but they won't, they won't call. They won't give up on themselves. He says, we really need to consider the power of giving up. And all day long, I ask myself, what rock do I need to drop? What pebble am I holding onto that's blocking me from God right at this moment? And I, what I like to do is, what am I wrong about? I'm wrong again. That's great. 
we're always looking at what we're going to get, but we should look for what we're going to give up and be able to spot that right away. It's usually simple. It's one of the character defects we talked about. And then uh, they have this uh, saying, this spirituality of subtraction, they talk about it in their workshop. It said that nature abhors a vacuum. I tell you, God abhors a, abhors a vacuum and cannot abide a vacuum anywhere on earth. So empty yourself of self and you automatically fill with God. And they make the point, the first time I heard it, it was, just made so much sense. If I say, God, I don't want to be judgmental right now, tolerance is going to come in. It's automatic. And, and so, uh, it's, am I willing to give up on my judgment right now? Do I want to be tolerant and considerate? And I feel better when I'm tolerant and considerate than when I'm judging. So, I'll just read this. Here's how it works. When you get rid of a character defect, you have overcome a shortcoming. It's practically automatic. And so, so if I'm willing to let go of fear, courage will come in. Trust in God will come right in. It's a void. So fear is going to be replaced with courage, resentments with love, tolerance, patience, understanding, goodwill towards others. When you let go of one, it's not going to leave a hole. And so I just say to God, okay, I'm in fear right now. God, remove the fear. Give me courage to trust in you. Be grateful for what I have. Be faithful. But I have to be willing to let go and go to God, and then it changes. And they, there's a famous man talked about, we get a new pair of glasses when we come to AA. The glasses I had when I came in, there's a book called New Pair of Glasses. It's really good. I suggest you get it and read it. It's by Chuck Chamberlain, who was Richard Chamberlain's dad, did a workshop in uh, Oregon in 1977. They recorded it. And he says what he did in AA was he got a new pair of glasses. He got a new way of seeing the world through God's eyes. And he learned that if he was disturbed at all, he had on his glasses and he had to take them off and put on God's glasses. And that's what I, I feel like I have today. I have a new pair of glasses, but sometimes they're not, they're not on. And so I have to stop, six and seven, and stop, take off the old glasses, put on God's glasses. It's not hard to do. Anybody have, I don't have my glasses here, I just take them on, put on another pair. So if you're new in the program, carry two pair of glasses. Whenever you're upset, you've got the wrong pair of glasses on. Now you have to do four and five to be able to work six and seven. And so you have to do the steps in order. So I think we'll stop there. And we have plenty of time for people to talk about how they've used six and seven in their life. So thank you. <laughs>